It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome again, Matt Hausman, Smart Money Questions podcast. And today's going to be really interesting because I'm going to go through a couple conversations I've had with some clients that we have out West and some recent changes that have uh, where they live have been put into place. And I, I just woke up last night and I thought about, I think it's really important for us to look at what, where they live, the state that they're in and the, the recent law that they're getting ready to implement. The law actually was voted in in 2019, but it's going to be interesting to see. I'm going to kind of dissect what I think the state is trying to tell the people that live in their state. So I'm going to go through that. Plus, I had a I had a question that uh, I actually just did a quick Money with Matt video specifically about this, and I want to address that in the podcast as well, a question that came over. Uh, from somebody recently. So before I do that, let's make sure we deal with a disclaimer. Please don't take any of the information or ideas or suggestions that I offer in today's show as direct advice for you. Please use it as information and education that you then can discuss with your advisor. Now, If you don't have an advisor or you would like for us to be your advisor, I'm more than happy to have that conversation with you. And it's real simple. All you have to do is go to www.speakwithmatt.com. That's www.speakwithmatt.com. And my online scheduler is right there. You can go right in. You can schedule a 15 or 30 minute phone conversation. And quite frankly, at the end of that first call, we're going to have a good idea. Does it make sense to have a second conversation. So again, very low key, go right into the online scheduler. You don't even have to get on the phone with anyone to schedule this. So again, speakwithmatt.com, www.speakwithmatt.com and schedule it there. So, all right, let's go ahead and get on to today's show. Okay, so let's jump into this. So we have some clients that live out in the state of Washington, actually live uh, in Seattle, And in 2019, the state of Washington approved a new payroll tax that is the first of its kind in the entire country. So just to let you know, the clients that we have out there, they're younger, they're uh, in their mid mid to late 30s, uh, still working. And what the state of Washington has done is implemented a new payroll tax that is one currently is 100% paid by the employee. Now, one thing I want to just jump into real quick, it's currently, it's payroll tax only. And it doesn't sound like a lot. It's only 0.58% of your total compensation. So it's payroll tax related. So it's earned income. It's a little bit more than half a percentage point on all of your compensation, which would include base salary, commissions if you get those, bonuses if you get those, and restricted stock options if you get those. One thing I thought was interesting is it does not include investment income, rental income, interest income, all other forms of pension income, Social Security. doesn't include any other form of income. It's going to be completely paid 
by people that are working in the state of Washington. And what are they collecting this for? They're collecting it to create what they are calling the Washington CARES Fund, which essentially is going to assist in paying, collecting this premium and paying for long-term care expenses for the residents of the state of Washington. If you are working 20 hours a week or more, so that includes part-time people, you have not missed five consecutive days due to injury or illness, and you are between the ages of 18 and 65, you will be potentially subject to this new payroll tax. Keep in mind, this is the only tax they're collecting. There isn't a percentage that currently the employers have to pay. It is completely paid for by the employees that are working in that state to cover, from what I have read, all of the residents of the state of Washington, even if you are outside of the ages of 18 to 65. Or, as I mentioned earlier, it's only for payroll taxes, W-2 income. Or if you're self-employed, 1099 income that's subject to self-employment tax. Not investment income, not rental income, not interest income. You don't have to pay it, yet from what I've read, you are still covered. Now, there's a couple things that really struck me about this. First of all, well, if I'm going to pay into this, what's the benefit that I'm going to get? Like, what's the state of Washington going to give me in the event I have a care situation? Well, they're going to give you $100 a day benefit up to a maximum of $36,500 only to be used in the state of Washington. Now, from what I read, I did not see, what, what if I worked there for 10 or 15 years and then I get transferred from the state of Washington to Texas? I haven't seen where there's any way to recoup the monies that you have already paid in. Basically, it's gone. The one thing I thought was interesting in them doing this was the average cost for Nursing home care, this is per seniorliving.org, in the state of Washington is in between nine and almost $11,000 per month, whether it's a semi-private or a private room. So let's do the math. They're going to pay you $100 a day with a maximum of $36,500. So basically that's 100 days. You know, I mean, it's 365 days times 100. That's all you're going to get. Yet the average cost in the state of Washington is nine to 10, almost $11,000 per month should you need that care. So what's this benefit really going to do? And it really got me thinking. So what I'm going to talk about now is this is strictly my opinion. As the disclaimer said earlier, this is for educational purposes only. And my disclaimer right now, this is strictly my opinion. And my question is, this is what I woke up to. What is the state of Washington? Oh, by the way, before I jump into that, I didn't tell you. Yes, there is a way that you can opt out. I really need to tell you this. Can't believe I skipped over it. There is a way that you can opt out. And currently, the only way that you can opt out is if you go get your own coverage. You have to go get your own private long-term care policy, whether it's a traditional policy or whether it's one of the ones that we've talked about in the past, kind of these life insurance hybrid type of uh, where they add like long-term care into the life insurance, or maybe they add a rider where essentially they're going to accelerate the death benefit to you for the cost of care. Now, the life insurance programs and the traditional long-term care programs usually will pay not only if you just need skilled nursing, 
but whether it's home care or independent care, um, basically where you only have to satisfy two of the six activities of daily living. From what I've read about the state of Washington, it's three. You have to be able to satisfy three of the activities of daily living. So there is a way to opt out, and they're giving you that option. Currently, from what I have read, you have essentially basically the fourth quarter of this year to submit proof of this coverage. If you're self-employed, you can submit that uh, at the beginning, uh, January 1 of 2022, again, from what I've read. So let me go back to my opinion. What is the state of Washington trying to tell its residents? And quite frankly, I think there's a lot of states that are going to be looking at this experiment that they're putting into place. And I really believe what they are trying to tell you is, we're going to tax you, by the way, and we're only taxing one type of tax, payroll tax. So if you're working, and if you don't have some long-term care policy, then you, you're in it. And we're not going to give you a really good benefit. We're only going to give you a maximum of $100 a day, $36,500 for the year. Yet we already know the average cost can be nine to almost $11,000 a year. They are telling you to go get your own coverage. They do not want to continue to be in the business of paying their portion of Medicaid. Because after you've spent all your assets down in the event you are in need of care, Right now, you go and attempt to qualify for Medicaid. What is Medicaid? Many people don't realize this. Medicaid is a federal program that is administered by the state and partially paid by the state. I looked it up. What is the state of Washington currently receiving from the Fed for its Medicaid expenditures? And it's 50% from the Fed. That means the state of Washington is picking up the other 50%, and that's per the Peter J. Peterson Foundation website, which is all knowledge about qualifying for various health care benefits in the state of Washington. So they're telling you, listen, we're going to tax you or you're going to go get your own coverage to make sure that that doesn't come on the backs of the state of Washington and everybody else there. So we're going to charge a tax. You have the option of opting out should you decide to go get this other coverage. And if you don't, well, oh, well, we're just going to start taxing you. And don't worry, it's not that big a deal right now. It's only 0.58%, just a tad over, you know, half a penny. The reality is, is that I believe other states are looking at this. The state of Washington, this is an experiment. And if If all of a sudden all of these people go out, the entire workforce, 18 to 65, goes out and the vast majority get their own personal coverage, that's a success for the state of Washington. Now, I don't know if they're ever going to take that 0.58% payroll tax away, but I think what what they're telling us is we don't want to be in the business of having to pay that. It is expensive, so go get your own coverage. If a lot of people don't go out and do it, and this is where people have to be educated on what coverages count and are permissible to get opt-out, then they're going to just continue to raise that payroll tax. And who knows if they're really going to increase the benefit. So that's just my opinion. The other thing I started looking at is, wait a second, let's look at what the Fed has done 
So over the course of probably the last 10 to 15 years, we've seen the tax law changes a couple different times. I think three. Going back to the beginning of the Obama administration, every time that the tax law has changed, the federal government has kept in the premium deductions for long-term care coverage. I think the Fed is telling you the same thing. Hey, listen, we're going to give you an incentive to be personally insured and not rely on the federal government to pick that up. Keep in mind, when you go on Medicare, Medicare does not cover Part A or B, or your supplement plan is not going to pick up a long-term care stay. It will cover in the event that you're in, you're in need of rehab, but once you have plateaued, and if you are still in the need of care, that's not covered by Medicare. That's where all of a sudden now we're either spending down our assets to get on Medicaid or we have private insurance to cover that. I spoke about this about six months ago because I know it's the thing that nobody wants to talk about. But now if we're looking at what the state of Washington is doing, are other states going to pick that up? You know, I think some of the states that are bearing a good percentage of the Medicaid costs in their state, they're going to be looking for ways to be able to mitigate that expense because they're only getting so much from the federal government. So I wanted to bring this up because I think it's interesting that the state of Washington is doing it, how they're doing it. I'm really surprised that they just, you know, the state of Washington doesn't have a state income tax. They're one of those states that don't have it. I think they've got like a 10% sales tax, but they don't have a state income tax. I did think it was interesting. The only tax that they're looking to pick this up on is payroll tax, probably because they don't have a state income tax. What if you're in the state of Pennsylvania, like I am right now as I'm recording, and they do have a state income tax? Well, we're just going to increase it a little bit to you know, look to mimic what the state of Washington is doing. So again, long-term care, no one wants to talk about it. But clearly what's going on right now at the state level in Washington, what the Fed has been doing for quite a while in giving that deduction availability in the event you are privately or personally insured, I think it's something that we really need to look at because clearly the costs are expensive. If you go to that seniorliving.org, just go in and I'll, I'll make sure to include the link in the show notes. It'll show you the average cost of stay in every state in the union. And quite frankly, most of them are in between that, you know, maybe $7,500 to $11,000, $12,000 a month range. And, and again, that's for full-blown skilled care. Then you might be able to decrease it a little if you're at home care, depending on the type of home care you need, and uh, maybe assisted living. So it's definitely something I think we need to pay attention to with this recent... Um, Again, it went into law in 2019. It gets implemented and start collecting it January 1 of 2022. So if you have any questions about that, or if you just have questions in general about you know long-term care types of coverage, again, you got traditional hybrid coverages with uh, usually with some type of a hybrid life insurance. Those are structured in many different ways. Reach out to us, uh, schedule a time to talk, speakwithmatt.com. Again, www.speakwithmatt.com. More than happy. Uh, or just give us a call, 610-719-3003. Be more than happy to to talk to you about that. Okay, so I'm going to jump into the next one. And this comes. Uh, this was a question that came from Mary in North Carolina. And her question is this, I'm worried about my kids. They're in their 20s. 
And I'm not sure they're going to have the same economic opportunities that I had. My parents didn't leave me with an inheritance, so I never planned to leave them one either. But should I be rethinking that to make sure that my kids have some help later in life? Mary, the first thing I will tell you, and my recommendation would be, is don't wait until they're later in life. Be speaking with them now about personal finance. Doesn't really matter, in my opinion, and I'll tell you why. It doesn't really matter what they're making and what those opportunities look like. I was talking with a a fellow advisor, actually a mentor of mine, a couple weeks back, and he was talking about his wealthiest client that he has, and he's been in the business for 30 years now. His wealthiest client never made more than around $40,000 a year, but he understood personal finance and the value of time with investing where he started investing at a very early age. So if your kids are in their 20s, they need to be understanding personal finance, budgeting, investing, their spending habits, planning, etc. So especially in their 20s, if they have the opportunity, even if it's investing just a little, if they're working, uh, I think about my youngest right now. I mentioned this on the on the video. She is um, she is a vet tech um, for a local veterinarian clinic, uh, working anywhere from three to four days a week. She qualifies for the four hundred one k, investing in the four hundred one k. Now, let me tell you something. She didn't like to do it. It's only fifty bucks a week, but the opportunity is there. She's only nineteen, nineteen and a half. So now she has that all that time to invest and take advantage of that compound interest that happens over time with investing. So Mary, my recommendation, first of all, if you're thinking about a legacy, yeah, you want to be thinking about that sooner than later and how you're going to structure that. That's going to be your personal planning. But with regards to them, sit down, be talking to them now about the overall personal finance that they need to be wrapping their head around. Budgeting, investing, their spending habits, and other planning that they need to be taking. Have them write the stuff down. What are they wanting to accomplish? You know, How much should they be putting away? How much can they afford to put away? I would recommend be doing that now to give them, even if their opportunities aren't as great as what you had, it's going to give them greater opportunity long-term in taking a hold of their own personal finance and their investing and insurance and planning and budgeting and spending long-term, they will be much better off for you taking the time to sit down and talk with them. If you need help with that, we're here to help. Reach out to us, speakwithmatt.com. Again, www.speakwithmatt.com. More than happy to kind of go through. Have them check out our podcast. There's other things out there. Another one that you know I've had our kids um, take a look at, great one is nerdwallet.com. And there's a lot of information out there that I think is, uh, would be very helpful for them to really take control of their own personal finance and moving forward. So listen, everyone, that's all I've got today. I know that was quick. If you have any questions that you would like or scenarios that you would like for us to address on the podcast, you can do that simply at info at smartmoneyquestions.com, email it to us, or just go to smartmoneyquestions.com, ask a question, boom, it comes right into us. If you would like to have a personal discussion with me, reach out. Again, speakwithmatt.com, www.speakwithmatt.com, or simply give us a call, 610-719-3003. More than happy to do that. Listen, everyone, hope it's been valuable. We'll talk soon. Everybody, take care.